There is no one, there's no one like Jesus. There is no one, there's no one like Him. There is no one, there's no one like Jesus. There is no one, there's no one like Him. There is no one, there's no one like Jesus. There is no one, there's no one like Him. The service has already taken a certain tone. I'll start by saying, Gottes Segnen zu euch alle. And God's blessings to you all. <laughs> I always have reason to worry when Brother Dan says, Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, you may have your seats just for a moment. Earlier, um, This week we had the memorial for Sister Rose Walschlager. It was nice for the family to be together. It was nice to remember her. As we were at the viewing and then we were leaving and coming to the um, graveside service, we heard the news that the Queen had passed away. And I made mention of it and I didn't know that. Uh, I made mention of it in the graveside service, but I didn't know it, but Brother Blair Walschlager told me that Sister Rose had often collected clippings from the Queen, had watched when her children were born and, and followed that, and she was only a few months apart from the Queen. And I thought of, you know, one had left behind such a great um, uh, following around the world, perhaps one of the most famous women in the world, and, but when they enter over, they enter at the same place. And I thought about our sister Rose, and I really thank God she fulfilled her part. And um, it was really good. We had a, we had a good time. And, and God bless you, Brother Dale, for your sacrifice and looking after your mother all these years. And uh, we appreciate that. And I'm sure you'll see her. And uh, she's young right now. She's young. Also, you know, and it's amazing, one passes away and then another comes, but Brother Munashi, are you here today, Brother Munashi? I don't think he is. He contacted me earlier this week, and uh, 
His wife was in labor, and uh, then he texted me a short while later and said he had a daughter. And her name was Mina, Mida Anashi Chizama. And uh, those of you that want to know the weight, she was 2,940 grams and uh, 47 centimeters. So just for all of you that are interested in those things, that gives you some perspective. But uh, anyway, Brother Manashi, if you're listening in, God bless you and your family. And uh, we, we thank God for that. Um, this uh, September is turning out to be busy for us. We, we have many things that are, are going on, and also it looks like October is becoming busy for us. The Lord willing, we'd like to start Sunday school here in the next short while. We'll let you know exactly the date. Because of some of the uh, construction that will be happening around the Sunday school rooms, we just want to have a little meeting with the Sunday school teachers after the service uh, this morning, and then we'll inform you exactly how we we do that. And so, just bear with us. And then also, again, being respectful of of the construction that's happening around us, we're going to have to be living with it for a while. But but just let's all work together. And thank you to the deacons that are helping out, and also the trustees that are doing their part. Uh, as well, we, Lord willing, we'll be starting youth meetings uh, later this month. We'll let you know again the dates. Brother Andrew and I are just discussing some of the things that are going on with respect to that. Um, there's a busy month in the sense that there's some special meetings that are happening two weeks from today that's uh, in Saskatchewan at Grunthal. I know a number of the believers are, are going there. Also this Wednesday, Brother Cadre Diggs is going to be here ministering for us. So we appreciate our brother. He's a gifted evangelist. And we want the Lord to use him as he is here. So we want to, to do those things. Let's stand together this morning. There's a number that were mentioned that were sick. Uh, I know the Courtney's, um, Sister Hilda Laval, we want to remember her in prayer. There, there's others, I and mean, then God is always doing a work as well. There's others that are being healed. And we thank God for that, Brother Ed Hoyer had an burst appendix, he was in the hospital, but God has touched him. Another sister had something with her lungs and, and God has just touched her. So we, we, we believe in, in, in bringing our needs, but we also want to thank him, don't we? Amen. This morning, let's just sing, um, so we cry out your name, uh, if we can sing that. So we cry out your name. time as the chorus 
But as we listen to the specials this morning and appreciated that this morning, and there's something in us that's brought us here this morning. And it's not just a date on the calendar. It's not obligation, even though we're creatures of habit. I trust something greater has brought you this morning. That there's a spirit in you that longs to fellowship with Jesus Christ this morning. If you've been redeemed and you're saved, you want to be here. You want to be where God is speaking. And so we want to cry out your name, Lord. He's, he's changed our desires. He's brought us into a heavenly realm. And we want to tap into that this morning. Let's just sing it one more time. So we cry out your name, El Shaddai, God of grace, Lord most high, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. We thank you to be in your presence. We thank you for our brothers and sisters. And Lord, even as the prophet would say, we thank you to be standing before the purchase of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's more valuable than the blood because you thought more of this purchase than your own blood, your own life. And so, Lord, this morning, we want to reverence you. We want to respect one another. We want to give, oh, Lord, honor that is due to your name. So this morning, we invite you one more time now. Lord, we, we can't orchestrate an anointing, but, Lord, your spirit comes to your word. You know the time we live in. You know the word that you've sent for our generation. We're asking that you'll anoint us for service. The minister, the hearer. Lord, may you minister faith to us this morning. Lord, we, we ask your unction, your leadership. We pray your blessing to every home, every family. Those that are with us, that are visiting, we thank you for them. Lord, those that are away, Lord, be with them, Lord, where they are this morning. Those that are sick and that are needy, Lord, may you be with them in their places, Lord. We remember the different ones, Lord. And now we ask, be with us as we open the word. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to musicians. We'll go directly to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We will pick this up from verse 3 this morning. And then we're also going to read in Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. We've read this a couple times the last few weeks. We've been speaking on the realities of God walking and taking steps, uh, faith, seizing the promises, and sometimes we need a natural type to 
to help us in terms of where we are, because the, uh, the book of Joshua parallels where we're at. It's, it's the Ephesians of the church, and that's where we are at. So reading from verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. So they were given a natural land, a geography. Our land is a spiritual land. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7, he repeats it again. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. So he goes from possessing the land, but the way you're going to possess the land is by following the principles and the authority of the word that I have given to you. So he says, that which my, Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever so thou goest. I probably didn't say that right, but you got the meaning. Verse 8, the, the book, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Just keep your finger there for a moment. In Malachi chapter 4, it, and, and we know it well, verses 5 and 6, but it would speak to us in, in there, and it says, Remember the law of Moses. So again, the word that God has given us, it's a sharp and a two-edged sword. And it's been given in our hands. Now I'm going to take a little time with that this morning. But now verse 9, one more time. Have not I commanded thee, third time now, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God bless his word. You may have your seats this morning. We'll go over to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. We will read there from verse 11. <clears throat> Hebrews, the first four chapters, really deal with the uh, history of, of Egypt uh, the, the exodus coming out to Egypt about how there was promises and they didn't have faith. But now we're just going to go a little further in verse 11. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now it's a sword. Okay, so and it's, it's powerful, it's quick, it's sharper, and, and it, it divides very succinctly. Verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed from the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And if we ever have a need, it's in this hour that we live. So as we speak this morning, and I'm going to speak on walking into the fullness of the atonement. And if I would, it seems like that's a really stretching it out that's putting it there. But if we could really grasp where we are in time. There is, has there ever been a time for a people on the earth such as the time we live in now? And, and you ask yourself that question. Has there ever been a people to whom the book of Revelations has opened? Has there ever been a, a people to whom the types and the shadows of the Bible are made real, that we can see plainly, that, that we can have faith? Uh, it, it's never been a time like this. And, and these precious promises, I believe we don't fully grasp them. Brother Branham would say, I myself don't fully grasp it. And, and, and I would say, I myself, speaking of my own self, I don't fully, but it's more real, it's becoming clearer, it's crystallizing, it, it, it's, the word is unfolding. And I trust it's that way in your life. Can you look back and say, a year ago to today, God has become more real. How many could say that? I can say that. I can say that over the last months, he's become more real. And so I, I, I want to be able to do it. And one way I know it is by how much the enemy fights us. And I'll say this, the enemy is fighting us more than he ever has before. There is much to drag us down, but we have these precious promises. So I say that, be strong, be of courageous. Now, I want to use this. And I, I'm going to take Joshua and I'm going to just go back to Ephesians chapter 1 because that's our parallel. And I can just use this for a moment to relate the two. Uh, you know, the, the book of Ephesians parallels Joshua. And uh, so I, I want to just take this for a moment and um, we'll just read from Ephesians 1 verse 3. And it says here, Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritually, 
all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So if I can, sometimes I just like to put it in another way so we catch the significance. He didn't predestinate us to be scarcely saved. He did not predestinate us just to have forgiveness. Just to be able to have a, not have a guilty conscience. He didn't predestinate us just to be justified. But to be sanctified. To be filled. And not only that, but to walk in the inheritance that, that we have been waiting. There's a great multitude that's on the other side right now. I, I just counted, and I, I, I've seen like there's been seven or eight people that have passed already this year that we, we might know in our midst. And I'd say this, there's a great multitude that's gathering. Friends, they have lived their part, but they're waiting on us now. And we need to live our part. We need to come to what God has ordained us to come. I don't want to come short. I want to take a hold of everything that God has given us. And I believe Abraham took a hold of it. Abraham left, he left the Ur of the Chaldees, Babylon behind him, and he didn't look back. If he had opportunity to return, he would have returned. But he didn't. He kept moving in the promises of God. So is it with us today. So he would say now here in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now all of these promises are in Christ. They were purchased for us. It's not that we have to, by faith, climb the ladder, please God give them. No, he wants to give them to you this morning. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. He's on our side. He wants you to, to take a hold of things. He wants you to live higher. I, I'm going to just share this because I, I, it just came to me this morning. Brother Branham would say this. The Bible says our names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. That, when was that? When the Lamb was slain, every person that was ever to be saved was associated with that Lamb. And there's one thing I find with the Christian church today. It's fear. It's a scare. It's afraid. It backs up. It doesn't understand its privileges. Now, if you came into our house and, 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 and you live in the house, you have no qualms about going into the fridge and finding out whatever's there. You just take it out. You know, you, you, you don't get slapped on the wrist for going into the fridge. Maybe you do if, you're, uh, if it's late at night or something like that. I don't know. But in your home, you don't, you don't ask permission. You know, you don't put in a request. You, you just take it because it's part of everything that's yours. Okay? So, so if, if, you're, if you're in Christ... Lord, what do you have for me? I want to take it. I want to feed on it. So Brother Ram said, we, 
should never live under our privileges. The great powers of God lays within reach of every member of the body of Christ. Whatever you desire, whatever you pray, believe it, receive it, and you shall have it. It shall be given to you. Brother Branham would, would talk this, this, or as he's just praying in a message, he says, Lord, heal the sick in our midst this morning. We're a tired, we're a weary, we're a sick body, sometimes dragging around. We cannot enjoy the blessings of God as much they could if we were well. And we realize as Christians that we live so far under our privileges. You do not desire us to be like that. Tired and weary and run down and weakening. You desire us to be filled with the Spirit of God. Sometimes we bring these afflictions on ourselves. How do we bring them? Because we stay up late, naturally, and, and, and maybe we're, we're, we're doing things. But, you know, I, I feel like, go make the last thing before you go that's on your mind. Let it be Christ. Let it be Him. Say, Lord, thank you for the day. And, and when you go to sleep that way, you wake up in the middle of the night that way. He gives me songs in the night. And when you wake up, it's a new day. It's fresh. And there's mercies that are new for us. There are promises that are us. Oh, there's great opposition too. But I'll say this. In Christ, you have everything. I would rather be in him under the blood than I would be in the world with many other blessings. There are many rich people in the world today that do not have peace in their mind. They do not have rest. They are continually worried. I, I just was reading the account of this man. He was a CEO. He was well known and, and, and he had moved from company to company. He was well respected. He was re admired and, and the company that he was, 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 was doing was undergoing financial difficulties and, and, and he was the one who was responsible for the restructuring. He just couldn't handle it anymore and he jumped out of his apartment. Uh, in New York, he jumped out and, and, he, and he went to his death. I thought, had everything, potentially, but I, I said, had nothing really. I say this, we have a substance. We have something real. I want to take a hold of it. God has purchased it for me. Amen. Ephesians 1, as I just get back to reading. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Oh, the peace to lay down. Before I was saved, before I was, I'd have to worry about, are the police going to come knocking on my door? Is, is you know, somebody going to come? No, I can actually have peace. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace, wherein he has abounded towards us in wisdom and prudence. Now this, so, so these things are available. Now just take what Paul is saying now in verse 9. I'm going to read 9 to 11, but having made known to us, unto us, the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself. The, the, the message that always comes back to me is we give him reason and purpose of being. 
He lives for us. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He, he lives for them. When, when they go to sleep at night, he lays in the door. He protects you. When, when, when you have issues, he's there for you. He's there to help you. That's what he lives for. But the enemy will make you think, oh, what you did, you know, he's not really happy with you. You know, the, the trials that come our way, I thank God there is, there is something glorious out of all of them. The, the world has trials too. Just speaking to my wife about just some contact she's had with people and, and, and different things. It's, it's sad, so sad to see where so many live in this day. And they don't have Christ as a hope. But we have Christ. We have something real. And I say, we ought to be thankful for that this morning. It is real. It, it's something that's there for us. So Paul says the good pleasure he's purposed in, in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and are on earth, even in him. So, so the dispensation, it's a period of time. So there's coming a time when it's all the fullness is running out. Lifting them up out of history. Brother Mamma says there's no need of writing history. There won't be much more. So the fullness of times, the end of the Gentile dispensation, the, the final dealing with the Jews, the end of the world systems, the end of all of these things, this is where we're at. It's running out. There's, there is no more. This is where we're at. And he says, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have also obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, as I related to Joshua a little bit this morning, now I'll, I'll, I'll take this out of the message, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. And, and Brother Branham would say, the church ought to look this morning to find the Spirit working among the people. You want a church home where the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit, will move amongst the people. That's the Spirit that's raising up in these last days to take the people over into another land, into the full promise of the blessings of God, to the full commission. This promise is unto you, to your children. As Israel sought for that promised land, they knew it was somewhere because there had been somebody there before. So is the church. We know there's a land somewhere. There's a power somewhere. Others have... There's been others over there. We know that land lays beyond the river. We're headed towards that this morning. Joshua knew that land was there. Now, how did Joshua knew? know? Because him and Caleb actually had tasted of it. They actually walked. They made footsteps on that land. They knew. They were firsthand witnesses. I, I'm gonna, I got things I ought to say, but anyway. He, he would say, we... As ministers need to visit the land where we're going, bringing back the evidence of divine love and the power 
of Jesus Christ to make known to the congregations there is a land beyond the river. So now he would say this about Joshua because we mentioned it a number of times uh, on, on the thought of, of be strong and courageous. So Joshua, in all of this, knowing the command was great, but he had an assurance. He could be fearless. He could be, as we would call it, reckless, as long as he was pointed the right way. I think we're coming to the place where God is removing all the props from around us. He's beginning to take away all the things that we've leaned on. And that we have one thing and one thing only, and that's the Word of God. I, I, I appreciate that, that around us we've had, we've had a free country, Canada, and, and free is used very loose in, in the terms of, of where it's gone in the last number of years because it, there's a binding that's coming, and, and, and the Bible said it had to be that way. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I would rather have a good government than a bad government. That, that would be my natural inclination. But I also know that certain things have to fulfill prophecy. Doesn't mean I roll back and say it. But on the other hand, I, I appreciate those things. But I can't rely, if I'm an American, I can't rely on being a Republican or a Democrat. And you can say, well, the Republicans are more conservative. I can't rely on that. That's not going to get me to where I need to go to. In Canada, I, I, I would say, hey, I'm thankful for... for for the government that we've had in the past, we used to have a government that supported Israel. I'd say, God bless that government. It's changed a lot in the last few days. I don't know what will happen, but I'm thankful for anything God would do or raise up. But that is not what we rely on. We need to rely on Jesus Christ, the Word. That's what we're coming to. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that honestly. You, you can put your faith so far, but, but it'll go no further. I, there's many things we could say on that, on that level. But the kingdom of God. Now, just go quickly to Matthew chapter 11. I want to just read, read this for a moment here. Matthew chapter 11. Be strong, be of good courage. Now, now Jesus would make this reference in Matthew chapter 11. Let's just read from verse Nine, he's talking about John, and he said, what did you go out to see? And in verse 9, he answers, but what went you out to see? A prophet, yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. This is he whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare my way before thee. Verily I say, among them that are born of women, there is not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now, John the Baptist was anointed with the spirit of Elijah. And the spirit of Elijah was a bold spirit. It was not a spirit that was tactful. It was not a spirit that was politically correct. From the very first time you read about Elijah in 1 Kings 17, all you read about was a man that was in the wilderness, stomped up into, into the court, into Ahab's court, and, and, and he says, it's not going to rain for three days and nights. Or three days and nights, oh my goodness. That would be a blessing, wouldn't it? 
Three years. It's not going to rain. Neither do. Now, you talk about an authority. Where did that authority come from? It came from God. And that authority is what we are under today. We are not just under a politically correct move. If the message ever becomes, well, you know, because of the age we live in, we have to do this. No, I'll tell you what, the standard we have is the standard that we need. And it's good for, listen, Brother Adam would say, we do not need a modern thinking. We need the Word of God that shapes us, that hews us out, that corrects us. Listen, this is not me preaching down at anybody. God corrects me too. And when I'm not doing right, he corrects me. And I say, Lord, thank you for that. I needed that. I'm a child of God. I can take correction. But under Elijah, there was an anointing. And and Elijah, that boldness, that reflected. Now, it reflected in John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes into the court with Herod, <coughs> and he sees him there with, with his brother's wife. And he so it's all going to be okay. God knows all you've gone through. No, he didn't. He said, it's not lawful for you to have her. No, we need to be able to call out sin when there's sin. We don't just sit back and say, it's okay. In this last age, there, there, these issues exist. No, sin is sin. So under that anointing, and I'll say that anointing has come in the last day as well. The prophet messenger we have, he did not pull punches. He told it like it was. Now, Jesus makes this analogy. I didn't finish reading. I read up to verse 11, but let's read verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist... Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Joshua was given a command, go in and be courageous and take the land. It's your land. But before Moses even gave the commission, he said, and and even before he, he was told to go in, he says, by the way, there's a Canaanite that lives there, there's an Amalekite, there's a Gigasite, there's all kinds of ites there. And they're all there, but the land is yours. And I would say it's the same thing today. We've got all kinds of things in our land. And I say, our land is the Holy Ghost. And you have a right, if there's been something in your past, if there's a sickness, if, if there's a mental issue, or if there's some kind of a scar, if there's something, you have a right to be able to take it. God knew all of that would be there before he ever gave the promise. And he gave the promise to Joshua and saying, that whole land is yours. And he gave the promise to us in these last days. You can have peace. You can have joy. You can have these things. But it's going to be a fight. And I think sometimes, as our brother Moses spoke so aptly on Wednesday, I think sometimes we need to get angry. Sometimes we need to get angry with sin. We need to get angry with what has brought us down. And we need to stand up and say, it's enough. The message, Brother Adam said, the most important message he ever spoke was the token. That means the life of God. And yet the message that followed that was a message called desperation. 
And he says the reason we don't get it, because we're not desperate enough. And if we're not desperate enough in the spirit realm, God will allow conditions that will bring about a desperation. He'll allow you to go through things and say, do you really want to go in the world? Or do you want to walk with me? Do you really want to have your own way? Or do you want to take my way? And I'll tell you what, if there's a seed of God in you, you're thankful for that kind of a God. A real father. A real, a real leader. That's what, what God has given us in this generation when he gave us the anointing of Elijah one more time. So as a part of that, it was the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violence taken by force. So there's an element that you're going to need a mindset. Now that doesn't ma- mean that, well, I'm just going to take the sword and slash everything in my way. No, we need wisdom. And it's not our strength, it's God's strength and word through us. Now, I'm going to just reference this for a moment because too often we have taken the studious approach, too often, to the message. Well, we have the message, we have the tapes, we have the books, we have the revelation. It's all in my, in my mind, it's in my heart, but we don't bring it out and apply it enough. Now, I'll just drop this in very quickly because there, when, you, when you read the, in the Bible about the Word, there's, the English language doesn't always give us everything. In John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, all the times that you hear Word in that, it's under the Word called the Logos, which means the thought or the concept of God. It's the static part. It's, it's, it's a part of God as much as anything, but it's, it, it's only one part of God. Now, there's another part of the word, as you read it in the Bible, which is called the rima. So the word, as much as the word is there, but we as Christians, we need to have the rima in our lives. You can't just come up to the enemy and, 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 and say, well, I've got the word, and hold the Bible under your hand. It's actually got to be a rima, a living something in you that you meet the enemy face with. I, I, I got more than just the thought or the concept of God. I got more than the, than the, the test and the manual and, and the results to prove I passed it. It's in me. Amen. It's a part of me. Amen. The Holy Ghost that we have, friends, it's not a thought or a concept or an understanding. And, and, and there's people that have made it that. You know, what is the Holy Ghost? Well, it's the evidence of the Holy Ghost is receiving every word. Well, I believe every word. Okay, well, let me just give you another thought. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Is it something that's in you that overtakes you? That leads you where you don't want to go sometimes? Where your flesh doesn't? It's actually greater than you, your substance. Yes, that's an evidence. However, it's actually a reality. It's something... And I I will say it this way. Brother Branham would also go way out on a limb and he would say, now do you want to really know the evidence of the Holy Ghost? Are you sighing and crying every day for the abominations done in the city? That's the Holy Ghost. 
Now he says, I don't preach it all the way out there because sometimes you hurt the church. Because we just say, well, I'm not saying, but are you grieved when you see something? That's the Holy Ghost in you. Uh, and, and I would say, it, it's, an, it's actually something tangible. It's not a word that's up in my, my mind and my knowledge. It's actually a fabric. How many has ever felt a burden just to go to prayer? And I will say this, very often when you get that, and as you're about to do it, you watch if the enemy doesn't throw something in your way. You watch if there isn't a text, if there isn't a phone call, if there isn't something or another thought that comes in your mind, because he knows that if you enter into that channel, it's not just you praying, but it's the same as Christ praying. That's, that's the rima in our lives. Listen, let me just take a few moments with this. I, I'm not going to take a whole service. I'm just going to bring it, and I'm trying to bring it for this. So the rima is a, the word at a specific occasion. It, it's, I, I like this one definition. A rima is an inspired word birthed within your own spirit, a whispering within by revelation. Oh. And Brother Branham speaks the message, I have heard, but now I see. It was Job. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing, but now my eyes see thee. Matthew 4, verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. So if you want to read that according to the way I'm just talking about it, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rima which proceeds out from God. The rima is something that's real. It's very direct, and it's God that speaks to you. Let me just read a couple others here. <coughs> and I can say this. You're going to need more than the logos. You're going to need more than the thought or the concept. You know, you're going to need something that God brings to your remembrance. Put up John 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The rima that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. So this is, this is now Jesus. This is an anointing that, that God put into a vessel on earth here was the prophets. They were anointed by the Spirit. They spoke the word of God. They said, thus saith the Lord. Jesus didn't need to say, thus saith the Lord. He was the Lord. And he would say, and he, and he would come at Mount Transfiguration, and, 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 and they were all looking to him, and Peter, like, it's like another prophet. It's Elijah. It's like Elijah. And, and Moses, it's like that. But, but the voice comes down, this is my son. Hear ye him. So it was more than just an anointing. It was, it was the Son of Man being made known. And I will say, the ministry we've received is more than an anointing. It is the Son of Man again. Well, that's Elijah. Okay? And Brother Branham says, the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Elijah. It's more than just... Oh, I've got Brother Brandon, I've got it, you know, I got it. No, I've, I've actually got the part of God that is revealed to me in the day and the hour that I live in. Acts chapter 10, verse 22. 
And Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one that fears God, of a good report from the nation of the Jews, was warned of God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear the rima of thee. So this is not just, I'm going to tell you a story. No, this is direct to you, Cornelius. I've heard your prayer. And I've come to you. And I'm giving you a direct word. And it's real. It's, it's right for your season. Right where you're living at. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rima of God. Okay? I'll tell you what. You can have the message. You can have the quotes. But it takes more than just memory. It takes more than just repeating. To really be effective with it, there needs to be an indwelling of the Spirit that will pick up the Word and rightly use it and rightly divide it. If you look at how much God labored with the messenger of this day, to bring him to the place to where he would handle the word. Now just think about it. The very word that was promised from the time Adam fell, and God said that he would restore everything, and, and what Adam lost, which was the title deed, was going to be put back in our hands. How was it going to be put back? By this message. This title deed. I, I, I trust you can see this. It, it is not... Well, let me take time with it then. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. <coughs> it's active. It needs a faith. What Brother Branham went through, and I, I don't have time, but the molding and the shaping from a child through with his father, a voice that he heard, and, and then getting married and, and, and going to that meeting. And then he turned down what God was doing for the sake of man and he lost his wife and his child. Now this, this is real. This happened. Spend some time in life story and put yourself in those shoes. And you talk about a man that was broken. But God was doing it so that he could get a pure voice. And in 1964 in Shalom, Brother Branham would say, I wondered, and I thought, I lost my wife. Why would that be? And he says, now I know why. Oh, man, what grace that takes. What Jacob went through to have something that God so touched him but caused him grief that he limped. And to the world, he didn't look like nothing. But before God, he was a walking prince. No longer Jacob, shyster, but Israel, a prince. Friends, I, 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 I don't know. I, I was just talking with a brother this last week. And I don't know if we've ever been through a season as the bride where we've undergone the shakings, the beatings, the things that have come against us as the time we're living in right now. There's never been a time like this. But I'll tell you what, God is doing something. He is getting a people ready. Just like he got a prophet messenger ready. 
He got him so ready. He, he couldn't listen to man. He couldn't listen to, well, he couldn't listen to family. He couldn't listen to man. He suffered by, by going to India instead of going to, uh, uh, going to South Africa instead of India. And he got an amoeba, was off the field for six months. Elijah. And he was pulled aside. God was shaping him. And the Bible would say of Jesus Christ, and it would say, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Was it necessary for our Lord? It was. Is it necessary for us? Absolutely. Oh my, this, this doesn't bring a lot of rejoicing. Like, wow, how many are happy for that? <laughs> thanks, Brother Ed. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, I, I can never go beyond what, what Brother Gary Walker would say in the midst of his great trial. Brother in New Zealand, in the middle of a trial, pronounced dead three times in, in a hospital for nine months, lost almost everything, and he's in a hospital and nerve damage and a nurse walking across the room, a little bit of breeze, touched the hairs on his arm, and he screamed in pain. He said, oh, Lord, why? What good is this? And the voice that spoke back to him, if you could see the big picture, you would volunteer for this. Oh, friends, God is with us. Oh, the world, the children, the, the children of the desolate have, or, or the, the, the bondswoman has more children than, than, than the bride, the elect woman. Doesn't look like we've got everything, but I'll tell you what, God's promise is coming to fulfillment. There is something beautiful that's being formed. Now, let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10 for a moment. I want to bring this perspective because it's not so much us climbing up into faith and us doing it, but God's already done it. He's already provided. And all we need to do is take a hold of what is ours. Now, Hebrews is a, is a tremendous book, Paul has went into in for three years and went back and studied it. And Brother Branham himself would, would take the book of Hebrews and he would speak a series on the Hebrews and he would take verses one or chapters one to seven. But he didn't go beyond that. And in, if you take chapter seven, eight, nine, and ten, Paul spends a lot of time laboring on the priesthood and it all sets the stage for Chapter 11, which is the application of faith. So he's talking a lot about the priesthood. So I'm going to just jump into a part of this. Hebrews chapter 10, let's just go to verse 5. Now, he says, Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. I, I, I feel like I was, I was out walking yesterday and I uh, was listening to Christ, the mystery of God revealed. You know, and it's amazing. You, you think I've heard, you know, but then something drops in. And Brother Branham says, so many people have the wrong conception that it is our duty to convert people to Christianity and to its government. And he said, and that's not God's thought at all. What? <laughs> I thought we're trying to convert the world. No, that's not God's thought at all. 
Okay? Now you can go back and listen. He says it twice. That's not God's thought at all. And you know how often we live our lives by rules, by regulations? Well, you know, if you don't line up, if you don't dress right, if you don't do this, if you don't, you don't conform, that's, the, the whole thing is way higher than that. That is just an outworking. And I, I just say, so it's not God's thought at all. He says, to convert people, he says, we make convert converts to Christianity by his government. We're not supposed, that's not it, he says. Did you know the Mohammedans can outshine you? Did you know heathens in Africa, they got laws that outshine anything you can produce in Christianity? That's not how God makes himself known. We're not supposed to make converts to Christianity by a government but by the revelation, by Christ in you, as God was in Christ. And so often we try to bring our, our, our children, our youth, this is how you got to act. This is what, and we need to do that. Don't get me wrong. You are their Holy Ghost while they're young. You're the one that's got to live that for them. But at some point, you need to bring them to, Lord, dwell in them, move in them, change them. I can't do that. That's what we strive for. Listen, we, we, you can run this in two thoughts. You can say, well, if they're predestinated, they'll be in. Well, that's, there's a truth to that. Brother Bannon would say that about Billy Paul. He said, well, if he's meant to be there, he'll be there. And then you can take the other school, the other approach. And since we've kind of taken the German way of doing things today, it's the militant approach, right? Sorry, the Germans have a little bit of a tendency to that sometimes. It's, it's like I said to somebody, said, you know, you can go to a, a motel somewhere, and, and they'll say, hey, uh, with your room, you get a free breakfast. If you go over to Germany, sometimes they say, Hey, uh, you get your room, and you're going to pay for the breakfast whether you eat it or not. <laughs> uh, now, it, it, it <laughs> and you can make religion like that. No, this is not what it's about. I'll tell you what. And I don't. I said somewhere in there, there's a balance. Somewhere there's a there's a spirit of God that we need. Sorry. Anybody that's got a German background, that was pointed back at me too, okay? God help me not to be that way. But here's what Brother Branham would say. He says, as God was in Christ, what God did in Christ, Christ does in you. And he says, and Jesus would say, at that day, when the revelation is made known, you will know I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I, you in me. When the revelation is made manifest, at that day you'll know I and the Father are one. It's not a theological conception. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ by his word. You can sit in a message church for years. You can agree with it. You can do all of that. And, and still, you might not have the Holy Ghost yet. And yet you're in a good place. But oh God, let's go further. Let's not be content. But let it be something that lives within us. And if you've got it, don't be satisfied with a one-time feeling. Let it live. Let it breathe. Let it be your everyday life. Let it be your joy. Let it be your overcoming. 
Oh, I, why, why would you want to be miserable as a Christian when you can be happy as a Christian, when you can be overcoming as a Christian? Ah, there's more I could read, but Christ the mystery, wonderful message. So Hebrews 10, verse 5, verse 7 now. Then he said, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it's written of me to do thy will, O God. He goes on to say, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings for sin thou wouldst not. Verse 9, then he said, lo, I come to do thy will. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Now, I'm just going to drop down to verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Verse 13, from henceforth expecting until his enemies be made his footstool. Now, if we can just take this for a moment, this is not, and this will go in the thought, it's not us climbing. It's not us taking something, but it's what God has given us. So there was an expectation I have paid the price, and he, he yelled out, it is finished, and it was. But it wasn't, it wasn't brought to its full fruition yet. Now, remember, here's the, the Old Testament. Uh, all the saints of the Old Testament come up to here. Calvary, there were those that died waiting for him. Job died saying, I know my Redeemer lives. There was Abraham looking for a city. There was Ezekiel looking for the wheel in the middle of the wheel. There was Daniel saw the fourth man, or saw the man in the, in the lion's den. There was the children of the Hebrew children. They saw the fourth man. And all of them, when Jesus came at Calvary, he fulfilled their expectation. When he descended down to, to, to hell, or when he descended down into the regions, and he went there and all of those died under a prison because he had not come yet. They were only under a law under bulls and goats, under that blood. But under this blood, he came down. And when he came down, they all recognized him. Abraham said to Sarah, hey, that's him. And it was Ezekiel said, that's the wheel in the wheel, middle of the wheel. They all recognized him. And they were loosed because he was the reality of it. But it wasn't just the past. It was everybody in the future. It was right to the end of time. So there was those that had not yet been born, but they were going to be born under a blood covenant. Now, Adam sold us out. The title deed. Now, the title deed was not just a book. It was not a seal with a lawyer saying, but it, was, it wasn't Adam holding a book. But it was the authority that he was given. And that authority was born out in his mind, in his being. And when he fell, when, when Eve, who, who took, took the, the lie, and Adam took her to his side because she was a part of him, he, he lost the title deed. Now Satan could not take it. And it went back in the hands of God. So Jesus came. He came to die that we might go back to our inheritance, the inheritance that Adam sold us out to. So that title deed, that was always there, but God had to get it back in the hands of man. Now, listen, it was reserved for this last day. 
The threefold purpose. One, express himself in Christ. Two, gain preeminence in a people. Three, restore us back to Eden. The earth has lived under just seeing number one. God expressing himself in Christ. And we're now here at the very end. There's never been a day like this day. There's never been a day when God could gain the preeminence in a people. And it's happening in this day. And it's tangible. It's not theory. It's real. I need to, I need to bring something out here to do this. And uh, let, I'm going to ask, let, let's just go, let's just take this, 2 Peter chapter 1, and then Sister Ruth, I'll ask you to put that up. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now this is Peter, verse 3. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, I, I didn't know these things were there the day I accepted Jesus Christ. I just thought, I'm just saved from sin. I, I didn't know this. But after a while, I recognized, hold it. I don't have to live just scarcely saved. There's more. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we all know where we're going with this here. So now Peter says, now besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now, we all have our strong points. We all have our bad points. We all have natural characteristics that we carry that exemplify these things. But there's something God has to pour in. And, and wherever you stand this morning, we like to revel and say, well... Thank God I don't have a temper. Yeah, but you might have something else. And, and you know what? You got something. So before you point at anybody, you need to look and say, where do I fall short? Where do I need God? Because that's the part he's working on. He's got to bring you to where he can have full preeminence. Honestly, friends, even Brother Branham had to come to this place. Even Jesus now just think about it. Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Now I don't know what, he, what he, he had to battle. It doesn't give us all of that. But he had to battle something in, in, in this human life. And, and even, you know, he may have known, I'm the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But when he came up to Calvary and he had to drink that cup and he, even his human flesh said, Lord... If, 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 if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Not that kind of a death, Lord. He didn't maybe know that at the beginning. I didn't know at the beginning of this message how much it would tear me down and take Ed who thought he knew this and thought he was this and where he can become nothing. And neither did Brother Branham realize all it would take to get him to the place that God could use him. Friends, don't despise the chastening of God. Say, Lord, bring me to that place. Sometimes there's too much flesh. Hey, sometimes I'm ministering and some of Ed comes out. And I say, oh God, forgive me for that. Let it be you that comes out. That's my desire. 
we've all said something. Oh, why did I say that? I, I didn't mean that. That wasn't the way it was supposed to come across. And, and, and we all do it. Let's be honest. Okay, just remove your angels, halos for a minute, and just say, yes, it's me. Yeah, it's me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can put them back on now. <coughs> now, just, just, just think about this now. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brother, kindness. And I'm going quick because I'm going to stop and just take a few moments on some of these. Down to verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. So this goes down to if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood purges you. Remember, it's the, the blood doesn't save you. The blood keeps you clean. Faith saves you. But if you walk in the light, because in Jesus, when he died... There was Luther's message. In Jesus when he died, there was Wesley's. In him when he died, there was this message. And in its season, it had to be made real to a group of people. We're not in Luther's day anymore. We're, we're in this day. Neither are we in Pentecost. Neither are we in first and second pull. But we are in the part that God saw. Restoration of the bride tree is a great message to listen to. Now, Brother Branham would make this statement. I, I always have thought this is amazing. Remember, he sat down expecting, okay? In, in Who is this Melchizedek? Brother Branham said, God came down, became flesh, died the death in Christ so that he could clean the church in order to get into it for fellowship. Oh, my goodness. You mean it wasn't enough that he died the death in Christ? No. You mean he has to clean me too? Yes. You mean he's trying to get into me? Yes. You mean he wants fellowship? Yes. God loves fellowship. He wants to express himself through you, in you. I, I, I want to be there for him. Lord, I, I want to I be available to you. Use my body, Lord. Use my lips. Use my everything. I want to be available to you. Now, let's put up this, uh, that diagram. We're all very, very familiar with this. Now, this is a capstone or, or a pyramid that Brother Branham would refer to in the message. And in the message, it was the message, Stature of a Perfect Man. And and in there, he makes certain statements. I'm going to just read a couple of them. And if you just stay with me on, on this for a moment. And I, I'm not going to try and preach the whole message because it's a wonderful message, but I want to just take a couple of points. And he says, now, take this about Christianity, not converting people by government, but God's desiring a body, a tabernacle. Okay? Now, he, he, Brother Adam would say, what is the tabernacle now God tabernacling a body through the blood we are cleansed. Now our blood, our life, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, changes our nature by sending upon us the Holy Spirit. 
Now, we took that little clip of Brother Lonnie Jenkins the other day where Brother Lonnie talks about, and I, I mistakenly said, uh, I think Brother Vale, and it was actually Sidney Jackson. I apologize if you heard that. I didn't correct that, so I'm correcting it. But he would say, as Brother Branham referred to that picture where, where he was preaching in California, and then you saw a picture before and a picture after, and behind it after, and he was referring to this, this head of an Indian chief behind Brother Branham. And Brother Branham said, that was my old nature. It's always there to haunt me. Okay? That's your old nature. It's always there to haunt me. But he, and then and, and Brother Sidney talked about how Brother Branham would say, see, it was there, but it's... And he, and he moved back. He said, so what's on your heart now? What has dominion is the Holy Spirit. Yet behind you, you battle all the time. You battle your old nature. You battle your old things. The devil comes back and says, see, you never got it. He doesn't tell you that. He tells me that all the time. My goodness. But he tells me that all the time. And I have to recognize it and say, no, something happened, and I got to stand on it. And I stand toe-to-toe with that devil. And I say, you're a liar. There has been a change in me. I am not the man I used to be, and I'm walking in my inheritance. Now, so Brother Man would say, the tabernacle, it changes us. It sends us the Holy Spirit. Then we become the divine nature. We become a dwelling place for God. Now, God dwells in the stature of man. He reflects himself. Now, he would talk about these attributes and these attributes that are here, which uh, I want to get this. So faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brother, kindness. So he says, now, these elements, he makes a statement. He says, there are people that have a portion of this that don't even profess to be Christians. I got patience. Good for you. Is it God-given patience? Because we live in a fast food age Everything's fast. Everything's instant. You know, we, we I, I, I don't know about you, but, okay, well, I'm here. I may as well just say it. So I, I, I'm driving down, you know, going through St. Albert, coming to, and why is it that every light turns red in front of me? And I go, I need to connect with the city planners or the people that do this because I think they're doing it on purpose. And I, I go, ah. <laughs> and then it's like I'm in the, the lane I got to turn right in, and sure enough, there's somebody that's turning off there, but they make the slowest turn in history. And they finally turn, and I finally pass them just to meet the red next, next red light. Okay, pet peeves, I just shared them. Pet peeves, my goodness. I, I just, uh, I can't see it. Okay. So, hey, those things. Now, other people, like, and it depends where I'm going. If I'm in a hurry, it's even worse. But if I'm just listening to a tape, I think, oh, thank the Lord, I got a little more time to listen. And it doesn't bother me. And, and I'm not in a hurry to get somewhere. But that's not often with all of us. You live in the city. Could you imagine... Could you imagine in the old days, your, your grandparents, 
you know, with the horse and the buggy and just, let's go, we gotta gotta go. No, it wasn't like that at all. But we're in a different age. We're in a different culture. We need Christ within us. Okay? So I'm just just trying to bring it. So there's people that have a part of it. Now, Brother Man would say, as a Christian, you are not there to manufacture wool. You're there to bear wool. So the wool comes as a result of your diet and what you feed on and where the shepherd leads you. And these things come out of you naturally. And then he'll make you know, the crude statement. He says, too often we're trying to take a pig nature and dress it up. And he says, you can't do that. You dress them up, but after a while, they'll go back. That's why we need conversions. That's why we need a change of nature. We need those things to happen in us. So, Now, Brother Bynum would, would talk a little bit, and I just want to read this. So he talks about faith, and he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, if you want to take this in a pyramid, the first age, now here's Jesus dying. Christ died at Calvary. Now God releases a portion of himself. And it was under that Elijah anointing. It was under a lion anointing. And it was a boldness. And it was a faith that they stood up to religious leaders. And they did that. That was released by God. That wasn't something they said, oh, let's just be strong. Let's go. We'll take a course and, you know, we'll do positive thinking and we'll, we'll do it. No, that wasn't it at all. It was a part of God. Hallelujah. It was released by God. It was a substance God gave to that age. It was a part of himself. So he gave that to that age. And he says, faith comes by hearing. And, and he, he would go on. and Faith does it. It's the foundation. You must be born again, then you have faith. You believe the word. You're, if, until you're born again, you'll argue against it. You'll always be looking for the loophole. Well, who says you got to go to church? Who says you, you know, what, what's wrong? You know, I mean, you'll always be looking for a loophole. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you're all at church. I shouldn't be saying it to you. You know, but I'm just saying... So I, I need to just go on. He says, no, now, now I'm just going to jump quickly. I'm not going to do all of these, but I just want to make this. So now when we come, after you've got this faith, now look, they're going from a lion anointing in here. They're going to go into an ox anointing for these next number of years. But Brother Brandon would talk about these are steps for the individual but these are also steps that are released to the churches. So it wasn't just that they, they, they were just believers, but there was actually a tangible part of God that was released into that age. Now, here's how Brother Branham would put it. He would say, in Jesus, talking about virtue, now it was part of him, so the part of him was released to this age. Virtue went out of him. We sing the song, To Be Like Jesus. Virtue went out of him to the people. The woman that touched him, virtue went out. He actually felt it. And she connected with it. It was a tangible thing. And it actually ought to be in this. And Brother Ram says, did you ever meet Christians that you love to be around? And others that you just kind of shun a little bit? Why? Because a real Christian that lives in the presence of God, there's something that emanates from him. 
It's something real. Oh, friends, I, I know we all got our, 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 our prickly points. We all have them. But, but there ought to be something else we have in us, too, that goes beyond that. So it's, it's a reality. It's a, it's a virtue. Virtue is strength. It is power. And he says, some do not even believe in the power of God. That's a past thing. He says, all you have to do is put your name on the book. I'll tell you what, we need the power of God. We need it in our lives. We are not pushovers. I'll tell you what, young people, they're going to school. They're going to need something in them. Brothers going to work, you're going to need a power in you, a virtue, a strength. I know in whom I have believed it. It's not just faith in church, it's faith. It's something that goes all the way. And, 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 and Brother Ann would say how that, that lily that just draws from the muck and the mire and fights it all the way up, and it comes and it radiates out. It says something tangible that the bee comes in and draws from it. He said, it's God, before it can have beauty, before it can give out beauty, it has to have it. I'm just using this just for, just for a moment, just stay with me. And then he says, Christian knowledge. It's not just knowledge like, like, like others, but it's, it's, it's knowledge of God and his word. And I'll tell you what, we need knowledge in this day because there's a lot of agendas in the world right now. And you can get caught up with any of these agendas, but you need knowledge to say, Lord, it's not the ecumenical move. It's not in politics. It's your word. It's you establishing your kingdom. God, help me to have knowledge and understanding. That's why you need to feed on the message. We can feed on a lot of things, but I'll say this. When you feed on the message, it changes you. It, it makes you get angry at sin, but it makes you also realize and watch things and say, okay, this is coming into place. This is coming into place. You, you're, you're looking at things. So we need, we need a knowledge. There's, there's something that, that, that actually is real. Now, I just need to go a little further here. He would, he would speak about temperance. I just wanted to take a moment on temperance. And he, and he says, Brother Brandon would say this. Oh, where did I put it? Okay. Temperance. And, and he uses these words. He says, we need the heat of the Holy Ghost till it becomes you and it one. Stay there till every promise. This is Bible temperance Holy Spirit temperance. It's not temperance of the flesh. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to put off eating meat. No, I'm going to put off drinking. No, that, that, uh, the temperance society is there for that. that. This is not what we're talking about. He says, that means you know how to control your tongue. Not to be a tattler. How to control your temper, not to fly off every time somebody speaks cross to you. Oh my. Lord, we need more of you. We need more of you. You know, when I find myself going down those things, I say I need to get back into prayer a little bit more. I need to get into the word a little bit more so that the flesh doesn't rise up. And you continually need to do it. Oh boy, he says, and we wonder why the church not doing miracles like it used to. Temperance, you answer in kindness when wrath is spoken to you. You're not riled upon. You, when you're riled upon, you do not rile back. 
He said, see, you need temperance. If you, it won't vulcanize. You take a piece of rubber and vulcanize it to iron. It won't work. It's got to be flexible. Now, I'm using all of these just, just briefly because I'm not going to get to it, but I'm just saying all of these things need to be built up and we come up to this last age. Now here's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven parts of God and we come up and God is pouring. pouring. Sat down expecting as these things came in, came in, came in. And you come to the end and now he's gaining preeminence. Before that Holy Spirit, that capstone can come down, what is the last thing? Brotherly kindness. Now, if you want to, you can read. Brother Bram says, I couldn't speak it all in this message, Stature of a Perfect Man. But following this, he spoke a message called Blasphemous Names. And in this message, he talks about a sister shepherd who had a dream. And in this dream, she came, she saw a pyramid, and at the top of the pyramid, there was a box, and, and, and God was pouring into the box, but the box broke down. And it, and it wouldn't hold it. Now, I, I want you to think, God's pouring something into the church, but it couldn't hold and this sister, and he says, and then the command came to her to get honey and to put honey. And when the honey came in, it sealed it. And now when he poured in, it poured in and it held. Now, I'm, I'm talking, we sometimes, we're, we're, we're reveling, oh, we're in the revelation, we're in this. And we can't even have a good feeling sometimes to other people in the message. Somebody who doesn't go to our church, somebody who doesn't agree with us, and we get all up in arms. Well, they're this and they're that. I'll tell you what, God's got work to do. God's got work to do. I'm thankful he's still working on me. I, I couldn't preach this maybe in a way that I can say today. I'm saying, Lord, I see you doing it in me. It's, it's, it's working, but I God, help us all to get to that place. Help us. That we so trust in you. And that when, when, when you know, we, we, we so easily, we so easily, well, you know, brother so-and-so, well, good thing he's at that church. I would never go to that church. My goodness. Do you remember the quote I shared a week ago? You want to be a real outstanding Christian? Fall in love with God. And then you'll fall in love with everybody in your church. One more part, and everybody else in every other church. Oh, wow. Let's preach that amongst the message churches. I'll tell you what. We need more grace. All of these little, we might be a little stream here at End Time Master Time. And there might be a little stream down at Manifested Word Assembly. There might be on it one restored. But all of these streams are running together. They're coming to one place. And we need the Holy Ghost. We need it to be lived out. It needs to be tangible. I got one more point I got to get to. I'm just about there. Turn with me. Just I didn't put this. Turn with me to, to Romans chapter 4. Just, just quickly. Let's turn to this. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Start reading in verse 1. What shall we then say at Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found? 
For if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not for God. But what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, I, I want you to think about this for a minute. Abraham walked out as God told him, leave your kindred, leave your people. And God said, that's righteousness. What good did that righteousness do? Well, the minute he lied about something, God said, no, he's in the path of duty. Even though he did wrong, I see an element of myself in him. Okay? So God is imputing Abraham's obedience so that when God looks down, he's not looking just at Abraham's actions. So is it with the believer in Christ. You said, Lord, I, 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 I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm nothing. Forgive me. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I don't just want to go to the baptismal tank to ease my conscience. I don't think that's enough, but I need more of you. And Lord, I want more of you, and I want to walk with you. And as you're walking along the journey, and you stumble, and you fall, and God doesn't see your mistakes, he sees the blood. He looks at you through the blood. It's been imputed. Now, there's, there's one side to it. I, did, I, I can't read all of this today, but that's what God sees. But what does man see? And, and the book of James actually takes it, and, and the book of James says, you know, yeah, God sees that righteousness, but he also says Abraham was justified by works. In other words, Abraham actually had to make the step. And when he made the step, and he says, that, that was not just God seeing it, but everybody saw it. Yeah, he's a believer. So, and, and Brother Adam would clarify the two. One is seeing what God sees. The other one is seeing what man sees. But they both need to be there. Well, you know, I, I believe God in my heart, and it doesn't really matter how I dress. No, it does matter how you dress. That's why the token is needed. The token is the recognition. It is the fullness of what God says. No, that is the fullness of the blood. I don't have, I don't have time to read all the scriptures, but we are coming to that point. Now, he says in verse 4, Now, to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the godly, ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessed of the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works saying blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven whose sins are for, are covered blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin now the blood keeps us clean I'm going to I want to read this here for a minute when you impute brother Brandon would say this God Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin to. Now, you made a mistake, but God says, I don't see it. And he says, God will never impute sin over the token. Now, you can make a mistake in your flesh. You can lie accidentally. You do, if the Holy Ghost is in you, and you do it, and even if you get trapped into it, there is also something else inside of you, 
And it, and it, it drops you to your knees and says, I'm sorry, Lord. In the believer is something that says, I am wrong. I need forgiveness. So it's there. Now he says, God will never impute sin over the token. The token is a paid sign that God has already received it. Why is the token so important? It's the life of Christ. Why do you strive to make your actions, your words, your motives, your objectives, your everything right? Because I need to see Christ in me. I need the life of God in me. Sin is not imputed to a genuine believer. He that's born of God cannot sin, cannot commit sin. He cannot sin. It's not even imputed. I need to go now to this message, Christ the mystery. Listen, just, just if you would read this without some preamble, but he says, the church is the blood of Christ by the Spirit. Because the life is in the blood. The baptism of the Holy Ghost baptizes us into the body that recognizes only his body, his flesh. Denominations will never touch that. It's a revelation. She is ordained not to fall. She won't fail. She's predestinated to it. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Oh my, I, I, this... this if you take this intellectually, it will do you no good. But if you take this with the grace that God has poured out step by step in your life and say, this is where I stand today. Now when I pray, I, 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 I sincerely believe this. I believe our prayers can hold back the wrath of God from this city. Can hold back the wrath of God from our families. I believe our prayers are there before God. Why? It's not me praying. It's him praying in me. It's his spirit. He, he teaches me how to pray. Thy will. If, if we can take our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm nothing. You're everything. You'll be forevermore. And then it says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Now you're not saying, this is what I want, Lord. This is, no, it's like, I, I relinquish my rights to you, Lord, to what you would have for me. I, I think that is a place we need to come to. Where, where I, I have nothing. Daniel went into a lion's den. Listen, I have musicians come. I, I'm past time. Daniel went into a lion's den. He had no, no certainty of what was going to happen. But God went in with him. He allowed the Hebrew children to go right up to the flames. They said, and they're, they're, they said, even if he doesn't come, we will not turn down his word. We are at a place where I don't care about what the government says, what man says. I want what he says. I want his will in my life. I, 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 I didn't do a good job of getting us to that point, but we are moving into a fullness. And the fullness is not an intellectual word, but it's God tabernacling himself again. God coming into us. Let's stand together this, this morning. Only to be what he wants me to be. Only to be what he wants me to be.
Sun.